Good morning. Um, the reading this morning can be found on page 1029 of the Blue Church Bibles. From John 20, verses 19 to the end. Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out my hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have seen and yet have believed. Those who, are and who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But they are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the, this is the gospel of the Lord. Amen. What an exciting Bible reading. John is bringing his gospel to a climax here with his action-packed, life-changing accounts of the risen Jesus appearing to his disciples. There's far too much for one sermon, so where should we start? The first thing I noticed is that Jesus is recorded as saying the same phrase three times in today's Gospel reading. The very first words he says when he appears to his closest disciples after his resurrection from the dead, are, peace be with you. There are so many things he could have said at that moment. At that most beautiful, perfect moment in time when the whole world changed 
for the disciples of Jesus who were there in that room together. Peace be with you, says Jesus a second time. Surely his life-giving words are now doing a deep work inside each one of his disciples. When Jesus appears to Thomas and the rest of the disciples a week later, his first words to them again are, Peace be with you. It's a phrase that we use every time we prepare to share Holy Communion together. Often, we're given the opportunity to share the peace with each other. But what are we actually thinking or doing when we say to someone, peace be with you? I thought I'd do a bit of research. So I asked a dozen or so members of our church community if they would anonymously share their answers to that question. And here is the amalgamation of their answers. When I say, peace be with you, I want to give people a hug, say hello, make people feel welcome, share companionship, unite as one family, share Jesus' love, bless people, with well-being, tranquility, forgiveness, peace through Christ and the Lord's presence, that they may be one with him and know Christ's salvation now and in their whole lives. It seems there's quite a lot going on when we share the peace of the Lord with each other. Not only are we greeting one another in the name of the Lord, and acknowledging that we are one family united in Christ. We're reaching out to bless each other with the peace, love, forgiveness and salvation that only Jesus can bring by the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. So let's think for a few minutes about the deep and powerful work that the risen Christ did in the lives of his disciples as he spoke his first words to them after he had risen from the dead. Peace be with you. What welcome words those must have been to the disciples who were meeting in fear behind locked doors. Jesus came to them where they were hiding he stood among them and everything changed for them in that moment. Jesus brought them peace that no one else could give them and they were overjoyed to see him again. The risen Christ brought peace in place of the pain and trauma they'd been through when he was suddenly taken from them and they had to witness his torture and crucifixion. Joy filled the disciples as they realized that Jesus is alive and not even death could separate them from him. The risen Christ brought peace in place of the anger and resentment they'd harbored when they were mocked and derided by those triumphing over them as Jesus seemed powerless and utterly defeated, lying dead in a tomb. 
joy filled the disciples as they beheld the complete, perfect, and eternal victory of Jesus over all evil. Now was their time to rejoice, and it was a much deeper joy than any that had gone before. The risen Christ brought peace in place of the disappointment and devastation they'd felt when all their hopes and dreams were shattered because God's kingdom hadn't come in the way they'd expected. Joy filled the disciples as they realized that the fulfillment of God's kingdom was bigger and better than anything they could ever have imagined. The risen Christ brought peace in place of the sin and guilt they were carrying due to the times when they'd failed to stand up for him in public and had even denied knowing who he was, the Son of God. Joy filled the disciples when they knew that Jesus had forgiven them and their sins were completely washed away. The risen Christ brought peace in place of the doubt and disbelief that had filled their minds when all seemed lost, and they struggled to accept the testimony of those who told them that Jesus is alive. Joy filled the disciples as their faith was renewed, and they were convinced that whatever happened, God's promises to them would never fail. The risen Christ brought peace in place of the discord and brokenness within their community, caused by arguments, one-upmanship, and their attempts to blame one another for the way that things had turned out. Joy filled the disciples as their worldly ambitions fell away, and they were united in the realisation that nothing mattered anymore except worshipping and serving their Lord and their God. The risen Christ transformed their lives by giving them his peace in place of their mortal fear. He showed them his hands and his side, the holes made in his body by man doing his worst in an effort to destroy him. Jesus died and yet he lives, not even death could hold on to him. Joy filled the disciples as they realized that ultimately there is nothing to fear, not even death. If we belong to Christ, then we are forever safe in the loving arms of God. The risen Christ transforms everything. He is here today, offering us his peace in every way and on every level that we need to receive it. Whatever we may be going through, our Lord, who calmed the storm by speaking peace to the wind and commanding the waves to be still, says, peace be with you. The joy of the Lord comes when we trust him and place our life in his hands, 
for there is no better place to be than in the arms of our loving God. Can it get any better than this? It can and it does. The risen and glorified Christ not only speaks life-giving words over the disciples, he breathes new life into them. Jesus graciously bestows upon his followers the very life of God, the Holy Spirit, just as he promised he would, not long before his arrest when he said, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. This life-changing moment when Jesus breathes on his disciples is the beginning of the new creation that Jesus died to make possible. He died our death so he could give us his life. And it is his desire to breathe new life into every single person on earth. If you doubt that, then look at what Jesus says to his disciples immediately before he breathes upon them. And if anyone's looking for a text to take away with them this morning, then this would surely be it. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus clearly confers his mission upon his followers by saying, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus had finished the work the Father had given him to do whilst living in his earthly body. Now he lives and breathes within his followers by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he sends us out into all the world to breathe his life wherever we go. Have you heard of the Hongi? It is a traditional Maori greeting in New Zealand. If someone's invited to share the Hongi, then by doing so, they're no longer considered a visitor to New Zealand. They've become one of the people. And they're under an obligation to share in all the duties of a citizen of New Zealand. The Hongi involves touching noses to exchange the breath of life and touching foreheads to share dreams and aspirations with each other. It is an intimate moment. Pete Gregg, the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, describes the welcome God gives us when we receive his invitation to become a citizen of his kingdom as God's hongi, as God breathes his life into us, we receive the new life of the Holy Spirit and begin to share his dreams and aspirations. Pete writes, Through God's hongi, 
we have been accepted as citizens of heaven with all the privileges and duties incumbent upon members of a holy nation. Our gospel reading this morning emphasizes that the mission God gives us and the gift of his Holy Spirit are inextricably linked. As soon as Jesus transfers his mission to his followers, he breathes the Holy Spirit upon them. We cannot carry out Jesus' work in the world in his name without the power and authority of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Similarly, we're not allowing God, the Holy Spirit, the freedom to do his work in and through us if we do not accept Jesus' commission and calling upon our lives. The two go together. Perhaps we could think of them as breathing in and breathing out, one continually following on from the other. We breathe in God's spirit by dwelling in his presence, sitting at his feet, listening to what he has to say, and resting close to him in complete submission. We breathe out as we go about our everyday life, always ready and willing to take the opportunities God gives us to show people how much he loves them. How can we breathe out if we haven't first taken a deep breath? How can we properly breathe in again if we haven't allowed ourselves to breathe out? It may be tempting to try to hold our breath in an attempt to stay safely cocooned within God's holy presence. But the Lord wants to bless us with so much more than we could possibly contain. The more frequently we breathe out, the more God will give us to breathe in, for he always wants us to be full, to overflowing. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If we truly want to enjoy the fullness of life that God offers to us, then we need to learn how to breathe his life-giving breath in and out, in a regular, healthy rhythm. It's been such a blessing to have a YWAM team staying here over Easter, hasn't it? What an inspiration they've been to us, especially in the way they threw themselves into outreach on the Lucerne estate. YWAM is a living example of how to breathe God's life-giving breath in and out in a healthy way. As one of the leaders, Claire, told us when they arrived, YWAM is all about knowing God and making him known. So before the team came to us, they spent weeks studying and praying together, listening to what God was calling each of them to do. Then, the time came for them to move out to places they'd never been before, in faith, knowing that if God had sent them, he would equip them with everything they needed by the power of his Holy Spirit living within them. 
They didn't think for one minute that they'd learned everything there is to know about God before stepping out to make him known in the world. One deep breath in would not be enough to sustain them forever. They'd simply moved into the next phase of their calling as they began to breathe God's life-giving breath in and out on a daily basis. The YWAM team know that they are reliant upon God to give them everything they need day by day and hour by hour. They live lives of prayer as they know that outreach will only be effective if it is God-directed, God-infused and God-empowered. We should not be surprised if God calls us out of our comfort zone to do something we've never done before. Even something for which we do not feel we have a natural talent. For when we're weak in ourselves, then we are completely dependent upon the strength and power of God to work in and through us. Therefore, we do nothing without him. We wouldn't dare. However, we must not continually wait, hoping to receive everything we need before we step out, as God doesn't work like that. He wants us to constantly remain in him, listening to his promptings and breathing in his presence so he can give us everything we need moment by moment as we walk in the world. We may prefer our way of doing things because it appears less risky to us. But if we trust him, then we will discover that God does things his way simply in order to release a greater blessing upon us and upon all those he is drawing to himself. For when we are completely reliant upon God, then our relationship with him grows deeper and deeper. And it's obvious to everyone around us that we can do nothing without him then they begin to realise how awesome God is and want to get to know him for themselves. Peace be with you, says Jesus. Peace that passes all understanding and peace that can meet our deepest need for there is nothing to fear, not even death. The risen Christ truly transforms everything. He breathes new life into us. If we welcome God, the Holy Spirit, to make his home in us, then God's desires, longings, hopes and dreams become our own as we become one with him. He sends us out every day to share his love, joy and peace with everyone we meet. The Lord is risen and he lives in us today. Which is the greater miracle? You decide. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are here with us this morning, offering us your peace breathing upon us your life 
and wanting to fill us with your joy. We ask you to transform us from the inside out so that we, your church, breathe your life into the world wherever you send us, today and every day. Let's continue to pray as we stand and read the words of this song together as a church. O oh, breath of life, come sweeping through us. Revive your church with life and power. O oh, breath of life, come cleanse, renew us and fit your church to meet this hour. O oh, wind of God, come bend us, break us, till humbly we confess our need. Then in your tenderness, remake us, revive, restore, for this we plead. O oh, breath of love, come breathe within us, renewing thought and will and heart. Come, love of Christ, afresh to win us. Revive your church in every part. Revive us, Lord. Is zeal abating while harvest fields are vast and white? Revive us, Lord. The world is waiting. Equip your church to spread the light. Amen.